All right, everyone, welcome to the Operations Mastery Podcast. I'm here with Jason. Jason leads a very niche agency in the kitchen and bath um, space. And so we're really excited to learn how he scaled that agency in such a defined niche. And Jason, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Nice to be here, Nick, and nice to be here and, you know, talk a little bit about my journey to your audience. <laughs> awesome. So why don't you give the audience just a quick overview of what services you provide and who you sell to? Okay. So the services we provide are the gambit of uh, digital marketing services, SEO, PPC, social media, website. Uh, one of the things that actually differentiates us a little bit from the competition is we're able to help our, our clients on the fulfillment side in terms of renderings and, and, uh, video animation and all that type stuff as well. Amazing. And why did you choose this niche? I chose this actually because my background is actually architecture. So uh, it, it it was actually a happenstance. So I actually have an architecture firm here within the Dallas area. And uh, at the time I was teaching. So I was teaching at LSU uh, in, in, the, in the School of Architecture and the dean at the time asked if I can teach a digital marketing class. This was in 2010 because she saw digital marketing growing and that our students could really benefit from knowing digital marketing. And at the time, a lot of the older professors didn't want to teach that. So she came to me since I was one of the younger hires and asked if I would teach. They actually had a nickname for me at the time called the Young Buck. And and uh, because a because I was one of the youngest hires, but also but because I'm a Buckeye because I went to Ohio State, so I'm a Buckeye. So my nickname was the Young Buck. So a lot of the older professors said, "Yeah, let the Young Buck have that class." So uh, I said, uh, "The only way I teach that class is under one condition: is I love to travel and I love to travel on other people's dime." So I said, "Send me to every conference there is imaginable." social media world, anything on web design, SEO. So from around April, when I had learned about this since I was to teach the class in, in August, I went to every conference you can think of on everything from SEO, PPC, social media, all of that. And so it was like learning, it was like drinking water from a fire hose, so much information that I was having to learn because to Learn something and know it is one thing, but to know what to teach it is a whole nother level. Because when you're teaching this in college to college students, if you're not ahead of them, they're going to call you out on your BS. So, so I really had to learn. So once I learned it and I started to teach it, I started to apply the same principles to our architecture firm. So once I started to do all that, some of the designers that uh, we work with reached out to us and said, you know, what are you doing? I've seen you online more. And I was like, well, it's SEO, really, but I'm, I'm doing a lot of SEO. And so they said, well, can you help me? So one designer locally, we helped her out. She got a lot of traction. And then about a year later, this is around 2012, she, uh, one of her colleagues reached out to her and said, what are you doing? I'm seeing you online. She said, you need to reach out to Jay. She's like, architect? Like, yeah, he helped me out. So reached out to her and she uh, we helped her out. Then about a year later, we started to get more referrals. And so I went back to my partners on architecture side and said, you know, I'm doing this marketing stuff on my own time. 
really not getting paid for this, just helping out. I'm like, we need to monetize this. So we're back and said we need to open up a smaller agency. So around 2016, we opened up Mogul Mindset Consulting. That was the original name. And I'm not gonna get into why we named it that, but so that that was the original name. So uh, I had about two or three contractors at the time that I was working with, still working with some of those same people now, but worked with them and then did, it was mainly home services in general, not just remodeling. And so all the way up until 2020, we actually had that, we had the market agency, more of a side thing. But then when the coronavirus hit, that's when we started to hear from more designers across the country saying, look, we need some help. Like everything, we, we used to get a lot of jobs through word of mouth and referral. Now that's drying up and we don't have the foot traffic we used to have uh, because of coronavirus. And we don't have all our presence. We need some help. So that's when I saw an opportunity to really grow and scale the agency. So that's when I went back to the party and said, we need to really put some emphasis on here. And I'm a go full time really growing the agency. So right around 2020, 2021 is when I went full time. About 90% of my time now is in the market ABC, a, a little less than 10% on architecture side. So when I went full time over here, I said for us to really scale, we need to compete with other agencies and really differentiate ourselves from everybody else. And I'm like, right now we're serving all home services, which is too broad. I'm like, we need to really niche down and focus on uh, the area that we know well. Even though I'm an architect, residential, I mean, uh, on the architecture side, we do a lot of commercial stuff. Commercial architects don't really get their jobs online. It's a whole, whole other process, vendor list proposals, which I'm not going to get into. So we didn't want to go after commercial architects. But I said, what we can do is head after residential architects, interior designers, home models. And so that's where that whole concept came from. And I said, mogul mindset is really not going to register with anybody. So we need to rebrand. And so we start to look at, okay, where do all of these niches meet in the middle? Residential architects, interior designers, home models. They all know how to do kitchen and bath design. So that's how we came up with the name, Kitchen and Bath Marketing Solutions. And so from that, uh, we we developed, I developed more of a team that, that would help me. And so I have more contractors that I'm working with in a small, and so the contractors that I was working with before brought them in-house and so, and then started working with some other contractors. And, uh, that's one of the reasons that we're able to do a lot of the rendering and all that because I have a background, our team has a background in architecture and design. And so we're able to help on that side. So I know that's a long answer to your question. I don't know exactly if I answered it correctly. That That's the professor shipping me when I sometimes go out on a tangent. <laughs> but uh, that that's the, the short brief of how we are here. <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. I always wish my marketing professors were relevant they they were mostly not. So I would have loved to have you have you as a teacher. But um hey, so now to today, how how many team members are you at? How many how many clients do you service? So we have 12 team members. Nice. Uh we have about uh four full-time, the other eight are are part-time contractors, and we have some other contractors that we work with as needed. So 
the plan is as we scale and grow, a lot of the contractors we have now will be able to bring off full time and then other contractors that we work with. So one of the issues I saw earlier on when I said when we were in 2020, 2021, uh, 21, when we were niching down is I don't want to have to worry about tap as we grow. And so that's why we, we, we've been developing relationships with contractors. So we know which ones we like and don't like. So as we bring them off full time, we don't have to worry about having search. We already have. To. And so uh, client wise, uh, we probably right now work with about 20, uh, 20 to 22 or so clients that we have right now. Okay. Nice. That's a, that's quite a bit. And um Walk me through your onboarding process for clients. Like, how do you get work to them, especially with all these different services you provide? Is it based on what they want? Do they tip like, how does that work? Um, and how have you created kind of a system for it? So you're able to do it fairly, fairly quickly. It was up until this year, this year. And you had mentioned when we had talked a little off live before you hit record about we have a new, we have a new process called the DNA Blueprint. And so before we had that, we would offer a gambit of different services uh, and they, they can pick and choose what they want. Now with the DNA Blueprint, we really have a fixed, fixed set where it's SEO, PPC, social, and then we also do PR. And then and, and so that that is the main service that we offer now. And then if they want to do anything else, then we honestly, we charge a a higher price to actually break it up because Mm -hmm. where we've seen success is when they do everything. When we just do only SEO, we only do PPC, we only do social, we don't see as much of a success as we do when they do everything. And so that's why we charge a little higher price when they break it up because we got to do a little more on our side to make sure they get results. And so, uh, when we onboard a client, uh, it's usually a, about a week that we spend on the onboarding process. We have like a virtual onboarding process. We send them, we ask them questions, and they fill it out. Then we do everything we need to do on our on the back end. And then a few days, about 72 hours after that, we have an onboarding call. We go over everything to make sure we have access to all of their Google us. Uh, access if they have PPC access to that or if we're setting it up make sure they know how to access it since we set it up so we make sure everything is on point there then we spend another week after that getting all the assets in place ads uh the copy make sure and then we have another meeting to make sure they're okay with everything before we launch then we launch it and then before all of that which I forgot to say we make sure we set expectations that uh, all of this is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time. Uh, with PPC now, uh, you may get leads instantly, but it's going to take time for them to become quality because we're going to have to do a lot of A-B testing, make sure we're doing that right. So we like to set expectations with all of our prospects before they come on board that, look, this is going to be at least 60 days before you begin to really see an ROI. And if you're not with that, we understand there's a lot of other agencies out there that can service you. You're not the ones for us, you know. So we don't like to we like to underpromise and overlift. Yeah, absolutely. So break down the DNA process for me more. It sounds like, and I think it's really smart. At the end of the day, clients want results. 
And so you say, Hey, you're going, this is, you're going to run these three or four channels with us um, mm -hmm. because they play into each other and increase leads and results, et cetera. So um, what else is part of that DNA process that you think uh, makes it so special? Well, is that so? So it's it's the diversification of everything. So so making sure you're you're playing in all of these marketing channels, and right. then also uh, what what has helped us out, and uh, we'll we'll probably get into how we streamlined a lot of this. But a lot of this also is automation. Yeah. So we built in automation, and one of the things uh, we do for our clients is we build out an auto an automated system to follow up and do everything we need to do on that side to help to make sure that they're following through with a, a lot of the leads we provide. Because one of the things we found is that some of the clients, they get leads, they say, oh, these are not the best leads or whatever. And then they'll, they'll complain. But when we reverse engineer that, a lot of the times they don't have a good follow-up process. That's a part of what drops the ball a lot of the times and make the leads not as good as they they should be. So we automate a lot of that process to take them out of the flow and make sure their leads are getting followed up the right way and they're being addressed effectively. Yeah, it's really smart. And so you build those for the clients, email automation, et cetera, and it's exactly. fully, fully done for them. That's exactly. great. I, I like closing the loop for clients. I think every lead gen agency has the same pain point is they deliver a platter full of leads and the client, you know, drops it. And so um, I, I like that. That's part of the DNA process for sure. Um, Let's see, what, what tools do you use internally to, to run your business like uh, tech stack or CRM and things like that? Yeah. For, for the tech stack, we use uh go high level. That's what we use uh, for our own agency. And then we automate and then we, build a lot of that for our clients as well. Cause you know, you can do that with go high level uh, in terms of the organization for internally, we use ClickUp. So we use that for a lot of the project management aspect of it. Uh, we use uh, a, a lot of the, in terms of the uh, rendering and all that, this, this may be a lot of uh, uh, a little bit out of the agency side, but we use, 3D uh, Max. Uh, so we use that for a lot of the animation process. In terms of social media, we do a lot of the same that you may have already know of. We use Hootsuite or Zoho Social for that, uh, for a lot of the ads, uh, do Google AdWords. And uh, we, we use aspects of Go High Level to mix and match with that to use on that side. Let me see what else. Um, SEO, SEM Rush, obviously. Uh, so a lot that you may have already heard of. Trying to think if there's anything else off, off the top of my head. Th those are the main tools I would say that we use for e either internally or for our clients. That's great. And jumping to before the client fulfillment process, do you have any processes for getting clients? So marketing or sales, things you do that you feel like have, have been really effective for you? Really, for me, it's been it's been warming up the leads. So for me, it's been uh, so we do a lot of webinars. So we do like a webinar a month, and we're always having on different topics, and we we promote that webinar heavily. And so we get a lot of leads that way. And then a lot of times we'll follow up with the leads, and that'll turn in, into into prospects. I actually speak at a lot of conferences, so 
we get a lot of leads that way. And then the normal AdWords or Facebook ads or LinkedIn. So those are the main main ways we get leads. And so webinars can be really daunting for a lot of other agencies. They feel like they don't know what to talk about. No one shows up to them. No one stays the whole time. What have you, how have you been able to make that channel work for you? Honestly, it's about longevity. Yeah. <laughs> it's about being consistent. Like anything in life is about showing up and being consistent. So we've been doing webinars for about two years now. For the first six to eight months, honestly, I, I felt like, you know, a lot of your listeners may feel now is a waste of time. We may have had only two or three people show up, but it's the consistency and what you do with that content that you have. Now that you created the webinar, you have content. So you can you can splice that content into now those are blog posts. Now those are social media posts. Now you can get that out there. And now that you have content that you have and you have past webinars that you may have on your website, because one of the largest, one, one of the ways uh, that I have forgot to mention that we did a lot of leads is through SEO. One of the main pages that is visited on our website is our resource library. And we have a lot of our past webinars, articles, and all that there. So even the first eight months where we didn't have a whole lot of people attending the webinars, we still get a lot of traffic to those webinars because it was content we created. So yes, it may seem like at the start, it may not last as long, but over time, that content that you created, you can use for a lot of different ways. And that content, you can send people back to that, reference that, and then over time, it, it, it should work out. That's amazing. And then, you know, last question, what's what's one of the bottlenecks you're, you're facing right now that um, you know, you'd like to improve in your business as, as you scale? Really, uh, really me, <laughs> to be honest, I'm the bottleneck because, uh, we've set up where we have, we have a two car close where, um, Alice is the one that take all of our discovery calls and then she'll find out if they're a good fit and then, uh, she'll actually funnel them to me. And so I'll take uh, a lot of close calls and, I can only take on so many calls because there's almost time in the day and I have other things to do. So there, there are times I may have calls scheduled out two to three weeks from now, as opposed to she has a call a day, we jump on with a bar. So, so that, so, and I know that's a little bit of, of the bottleneck, but one of the things I found is that uh, when I've actually tried to hire salespeople to take over what I do. They, they, A, they don't have the passion I have and B, they don't have the knowledge that I have. So a lot of the, a lot of the clients or a lot of the prospects that I talk to are in the remodeling design industry and the salesperson, if they're trying to sell what we offer, if they start to talk shop, they'll lose them. Mm. And they're like, well, you really don't know our industry. You just say you do this, but, but when they talk to me, they can't say that because if they start to talk shop, I could talk shop with them. Mm -hmm. And so that that's a part of the process that I'm I'm in the process of beginning to train one of my one of my people that has that knowledge to help me take over the cause and then eventually take over the cause completely. But right now I haven't I haven't completely uh, I'm not completely comfortable with them taking over the cause yet. So I would say bottleneck right now yeah that, that makes a lot of sense it's uh 
it's hard, especially when you're the best closer. So yes. it's, it's always hard <laughs> to believe that. Um, well, awesome. I think this was a really helpful call for the audience, um, especially those agencies that don't know what to focus on. Maybe they're in too big of a niche. Like we see that all the time, too broad of services, or they're offering one specific service, but maybe it's slow to get results or they don't know how to price and package their services like you did with the DNA. So I think overall has been a great call and I uh, appreciate your time. Do you, where can, um, if anyone is, is relevant or wants to get in touch with you, where, where should they go? Oh, they can head to our website, kitchen at marketing solutions.com, or they can also use the acronyms K A B M S.com. And that, that'll take them to our website and all of our information is there. They can reach out to me uh, directly at Jason at kitchen and or use info at kitchen and bath and And we're always here to help. I'm, I'm uh, since I used to be a professor, a teacher, I'm always in the mentoring uh, process because I didn't get where I am alone. I have, I had a lot of mentors help me get to where I am. And I'm always interested in passing down that knowledge and helping the next generation. So it's awesome. Well, thank you again, Jason, for your time. We appreciate it. I appreciate it.